Hello and welcome into the Inside Nebraska Recruiting Blitz, the maiden voyage uh, for this show. Uh, I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined by digital producer and staff writer also here at Inside Nebraska, Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Greg. I'm hanging in here in California enjoying the warm weather. Yeah, we got, I, yeah, come on, man, you had to throw that in there as I look over here to my left and I see snow because we actually got the snow um, yesterday that I guess we were, not we were fully forecasted to get um, a few days ago with snowpocalypse when everybody was loading up and I couldn't find milk at the grocery store. Um, it didn't quite happen the way that we thought it would. We just got a bunch of rain. Um, so I'm, I'm infinitely jealous of you being in California, uh, but it's okay. What What is the temp? Just to, just make me feel all the way bad. You know what the temperature is? out there right now uh it's probably in the low 60s all i can say is there's no snow and i can go outside with a t-shirt and shorts so okay yeah that that'll do it that that'll make everybody listen to this back home in nebraska um feel a little bit jealous here but what we've got going on here uh, and inside nebraska's recruiting blitzes is we're going to kind of run through uh, some hot topics that have been going on in nebraska recruiting uh, jansen has some questions that we'll kind of run through and i'll give you guys kind of the lowdown of what's happening it is a busy time um, right now is there any number of ways and things that we can talk about as we're just a, a week or so away um, from the second signing day uh, February 1st uh, here for Nebraska. So Jansen, why don't you kick us off, man? What do you got first? Yeah, Greg, like you talked about, there's been no shortage of things to talk about. It seems like in the past, things trickle off after that first signing day. But with the new coaching staff coming in, uh, they're still full swing and recruiting and bringing guys on campus. So I wanted to ask you about the this, particularly this weekend and who's come on visits. Um, who do you know that is taking a visit this weekend? Who are some of the guys and just what have you heard? Yeah, I guess so. First things first, there's a, another uh, transfer on campus, Jacob Hood, big offensive lineman from Georgia. Um, it's what the third or fourth um, Georgia fourth Georgia transfer that they've hosted uh, for an official visit during this time between the early signing period and now. Um, there was a, a fun social media post floating around that he put out over the weekend um, of him doing snow angels at Memorial Stadium. That, that got a lot of buzz and attention. Um, that usually tells you that the visit is going pretty well. He's kind of embracing that, right? Um, you also have um, a defensive player from California, Sua Lafutu, um, who was a previously was previously committed to Washington. Um, he's a three star uh, by our service. Um, and then you also have Demetrius Bell, who's the highest rated player um, of the group that was here on official visit. Um, he's a four star wide receiver out of Tennessee, was also previously committed to a different school. He was committed to Michigan State uh, over the summer, but back off of that pledge in August. Um, and then you've got a pair of teammates that that are on on campus as well. Um, Ishmael Smith Flores, who's a fascinating tight end hybrid prospect to me. I think that he's, he's, maybe the most interesting guy on campus outside of hood to me um, just because what he could kind of turn into um, he's a Iowa legacy commit. His dad played at Iowa. He's got a cousin that currently plays at Rutgers where he officially visited last week. Um, and, and then he had another cousin that also played at Rutgers previously too. Um, and then, Oh, by the way, Nebraska's got a connection to him because his former high school coach, Bob Wager um, is now the tight ends coach and would be the position coach for him. Should he come to Nebraska? And then his other teammate that was also, here the fifth guy uh is jamal jeremiah charles almost said jamal jamal shout out to the chiefs uh, i was watching them yesterday and pat Mah patrick mahomes 
But Jeremiah Charles, wide receiver who has a unique story, um, who was just offered by Nebraska this past week, I believe it was on Tuesday, that Matt Rule, um, Bob Wager, and Evan Cooper, the secondaries coach, were out in Texas kind of at his high school. They saw him play basketball. He had 22 points and four dunks, and they said that's what we need to see with this athleticism. We're going to go ahead and offer him. He cried when he got the offer, he said, um, which is always a good indication that, one, he was really hoping for a bigger offer, and two, things might be going down the road of a commitment uh, between Charles and Nebraska. But it's it's a full boat uh, that is in the house this weekend for the Huskers. Yeah, it's interesting. You brought up a lot of those visitors are high school prospects. And I know they've more recently been bringing in some transfer portal guys too. And as far as we know, there's one in Hood from Georgia. I know last weekend there were more transfer guys on campus than we actually knew about. So right. for now we know of one. Um, normally in the past, it seemed like a lot of the guys sign in the early signing day, and then all that's really left going into the next signing day are some guys that were maybe in a tight battle trying to figure out where they're going to go to college. And then there's some under-the-radar guys or low-key guys that uh, Matt Rule and his staff like to find and try to develop. The one that's really interesting that you brought up is that Ismael Smith-Flores how do you see him potentially factoring into the tight end conversation? They've got a lot of young tight ends on the roster, unproven guys. And where do you see them going with this? Yeah, it's really interesting to me because they they do have a, a good amount of tight ends, but it's like you said, it's so unproven and you're just not sure where things are going. Even with them landing Eric Gilbert to go along with Thomas Padoni, and then um, you have Borkature who's still in the broom. Um, you, you've also got A.J. Rollins who's also around, James Carney who's still there. So you have like a bunch of guys and there's probably another guy or two that have walked on too. Um, if you add a guy like Smith Flores, you have another one of those tight hybrid tight ends that you also can kind of he becomes Corey Campbell's best friend the strength coach right for a year or two and then you see him emerge as you know somebody who's right now he's listed at 66210 right he comes out of the lab and he's 66240 and all of a sudden he's looking like you know a borderline NFL guy just the body type that's what I that's where I think you could kind of go with that is it someone that you can kind of stash build him up, get him in the system, get him in the weight program, um, and then be able to turn him loose down the road, which I, I think is a good strategy given kind of where they are with the tight ends that they already have. Yeah, and then talk kind of about, is it Elijah Hood from Georgia, the offensive uh, Jacob tackle? Hood. Jacob Hood. They, they had a transfer commit from Walter Rouse. This one's a little bit of a different one because I believe he's a redshirt freshman. So how would he be a different type of portal pickup versus uh, Walter Rouse where he has some years left of eligibility and he has less college experience. Yeah, I think the big thing, the big difference between Bell and Rouse is the college experience makes it to where Rouse was very much plug and play. I thought that he would come in. Now, he was going to miss the spring after that torn labrum surgery. Um, I don't miss the spring at Oklahoma, but he will, like, because of that, and he had played so much college football already, there was not really a concern about that, right? Like he was going to come in and be Nebraska's starting left tackle. I don't really have any doubt about that. He was going to start at left tackle. Teddy was going to move to, Teddy Prosco was going to move to right tackle. And then they'd kind of move along from there. 
the thing with Jacob Hood is that he he still needs some more development. He didn't really play um, for Georgia last year. He still got to do a little bit of reshaping with his body as well. He's a really big kid, strong kid. Once he gets his hands on it, if you've seen some of the clips floating around out there, um, and there's one that he actually has pinned to his Twitter profile. Um, that if you haven't seen that, you definitely need to. Um, because when he gets his hands on you, he can, as as our buddy Jay Foreman says with uh, the breakdowns, he throws you out the club, right? And so he's a guy, though, that will need a little bit more development i think he could compete um for a right tackle spot but it's not the same plug and play situation that you had with walter rouse um for sure but but we'll see where it kind of goes if he picks nebraska yeah and he would be the third or fourth georgia player to commit to nebraska out of the portal we there was a transfer from eric gilbert last week mj sherman what are those guys gonna bring to the program yeah, I think first and foremost with, with Eric Gilbert, we'll start there because he's the most recent one. Um, he's a freak of nature. Like there is no other real way to describe it. You've seen him be described as a unicorn, like all of that. Like he's he was every bit the five-star prospect coming out. Um, and he was the number one rated tight end um, coming out during his during his senior season um, because he's a matchup nightmare out there, right? He's big enough um, to be able to really hold up in the block in, in the run game blocking, but he's also very athletic and can get out and cause problems for linebackers or for safety. Right. And so everybody immediately has visions in their head. And Steve Mark did a great job with this write up of two tight end sets with him and Thomas Fedoni back to back years of the number one tight end. Um, nice situation for Wager to walk into. Um, but the problem has been getting him out on the field, getting him in a mental space to be able to be able to contribute on a consistent basis. When he was out there for LSU, he was very good. It was really hit or miss for Georgia. But we should also mention that Georgia had two like it's surefire NFL guys. <laughs> Um, ahead of him and Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. And then is it o Oscar or Grant Delp? I can't remember which one. I'm not as versed on the Georgia roster, who was also going to end up playing in the NFL one day as well as a freshman just this past year. Um, so that's why he didn't really play as much as well, but he's still uber talented. Um, and then when it comes to MJ Sherman, I'm really intrigued by him and what he can bring to Nebraska's defense and Tony White's 335, because I think that he could play either inside linebacker or be a guy that can kind of rush off of the edge as well. He's got enough size and athleticism, I think, to be able to do either or. So he could be a really unique chess piece for Tony White um, here moving forward. He's a very athletic kid. Had some injury issues previously, so as long as he's retained that, um, it, it, but he's healthy right now. So as long as he's retained that athleticism, I think that he could end up being a really good player with a lot to prove for Nebraska. Yeah, and the, the commitments see, keep, seem to keep coming in for Nebraska, and they're going well over their scholarship cap, and I'm sure they'll get that all sorted out in spring ball with some attrition naturally. Where are some of the positions of need yet on this team that you foresee they'll continue to pursue, whether it be through the portal or through the high school ranks? Yeah, I still think that the two biggest things are on the lines of scrimmage. And I think that that, as we've seen with the people that they've brought in, I think that that has been a focus for Rule and his staff here all along. Um, now, <laughs> they had the plan. Like, it's funny because on, on our insiders board, you know, when they, we talk about three different wide receivers coming in or two different wide receivers coming in this weekend and a tight end, people are quick to say, well, where's the beef? Where's the offensive lineman? Remember something. Like you said, they had Walter Rouse committed. They thought they had Micah Mazuka committed. In that case, you would have had Ben Scott 
Michael Mazuka and Walter Rouse as your three um, guys. And you probably still would have brought in Jacob Hood um, as another guy to develop. So they've been laser focused on that offensive line. Like make no mistake about that. I think that that still is the situation though. I think that they will, if if they can find another offensive lineman, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If you, if you had one come in for a visit for the final weekend here, um, whether the high school ranks or from the portal, because you still can have guys from the portal come in up until January 30th. It gets wonky, but just remember January, 30th is the drop dead date basically for that um defensive line though has been a lot trickier for them to be able to find guys and that's not any real faults of, of the staff it's the hardest thing to find right right now defensive linemen in the portal are like gold um and they tend to go to like alabama georgia ohio state right like you just see that all over the place um so they'll continue to try to turn rocks over there too but i think the lines of scrimmage are definitely the spots they're looking for they seem to at the same time, simultaneously, they're going a million miles an hour recruiting the 2024 class as well. They've been all over. I saw them in Ainsworth. I think we know who they're out to visit there. Mm-hmm. And then there's been some stuff popping up with Dylan Riola too. What's been going on with the 2024 class? What, who are the, I guess, top targets that they're after? And what have you seen from the staff there? Yeah, I think that well, you can't start. You can't talk about 2024s without starting with Dylan Rayola, right? Like you have to start there. Nebraska has gone to see him as much as the rules allow. They've been there every week, um, and I think that I, I've continued to hear that Nebraska has made a really, really good impression on both Dylan Rayola and Dominic Rayola which is a big deal, right? You need to have both of them on your side. You also need to have mom on the side too um, because she has a big say in everything there as well. Um, but that's a great sign. And I think that part of what's powering that is is that Matt Rule, I think, and we've, we've said this a bunch, or we, you and I, we've talked about this. Matt Rule is very good in the living room, right? The same way that he's very good at press conferences. We've seen at pep rallies, remember at the basketball game, like he's just very good in those settings. And so he's going, he just builds up trust really quickly with people. And I think that's why overall, recruits and their families have taken to him and his staff and the staff is the same way uh but it's definitely why the rayola family has kind of taken to him now you mentioned about rule going up to ainsworth and i want to make so i want to make a note of this because i think that this is something to really put a pin in to put a spotlight on the effort that Matt Rule and his staff are putting in. They they are hosting, what, what did we say, five official visitors currently over the weekend. So the first break that they got in that time, because basically the time, if you don't know, where they went up there was the time that the players go with their player host and they kind of hang out and have a good time, right? So when that, start, that happened, Matt Rule, Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, and then Foley, special teams coach, they hopped on a quick private jet uh, trip to go up to Ainsworth to see Cardo Nelson, uh, 2024 priority tight end, play basketball, right? You see it, the pictures are out there of those guys, kind of Matt Rule taking photos with the different students. And I know the gym erupted when they walked in and all of that. That, though, shows me something, right? That these guys are going to maximize all of the time that they have to be able to do things like this. And I think that's really neat. And I think that kids notice that. I've already had a, a handful of guys say that they've noticed an uptick in kind of intensity and in how hard Nebraska is recruiting them. Mario Buford is one of those guys, brother of Marquise Buford, um, who's a four-star cornerback for the 2024 class. Um, in 25 class, Tyson Terry, Omaha North uh, defensive lineman, said the exact same thing to me was that last weekend at the Warren Academy Showcase. Like People are really noticing, um, recruits are really noticing how much um, focus these guys are putting on giving that personal touch and attention and effort in their recruitments. 
Yeah, I remember Matt Rule saying he wanted his he was going to have his staff work as hard as they ever asked themselves to work. And it seems like they're backing that up through their actions. I want to ask you lastly about commitment watch. And I want to preface that we're recording this at about four o'clock on Sunday. So there might have been somebody who pulled the trigger before this video gets out. So who are some of the guys that are on Nebraska's radar, whether it be 2023 or 24, that you feel comfortable could be committing to Nebraska soon? Yeah, I think it's so this will be maybe the favorite one of, of these that we ever do for Nebraska fans, because I actually think of all the guys that are on campus, all five of them, um, including the transfer Jacob Hood, I think Nebraska has a, a good shot to land them all like it would not be really surprising if Nebraska goes five for five out of this weekend. The, the rub there kind of is whether or not guys want to make those announcements right away or if we're, we're close enough now um, to the signing day to where, you know, some guys want to do it on signing day and do a ceremony at the school and all of that. Um, um, but it would not surprise me at all if they go five for five. I think the two, three, I, I will highlight three guys that I think of from the weekend that are the most likely. I think Jacob Hood, the offensive lineman from Georgia, um, Demetrius Bell, the four-star wide receiver out of Tennessee, and then Jeremiah Charles, the wide receiver from Arlington High School down in Texas. I think those are the top three um, that are the most likely to pull the trigger. But like I said, I think all five of the guys on campus this weekend um, uh, should be classified as on commitment watch. Very well. Um, normally, this would be the time for us to do some Q&A, but this is our first installment of Recruiting Blitz. So I'll say if you have any questions for Greg, go ahead and leave them in the comment, or you can comment them on our website on our board, nebraska.rivals.com, and we will do our best to answer those. Uh, did I miss anything, Greg? No, I think that pretty well covers it. A, it was a good maiden voyage, man. This was a good first uh, episode. Um, we've got much more to come for you guys. This will be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to doing this with Jansen. Um, as you guys can tell, I, I like that you guys get introduced to Jansen on this because uh, he's one of our, our newer guys come on board here. So I'm really happy for that. Um, and again, make sure you like up the video, subscribe so you get these videos right in your feed and go ahead and pop over uh, to Inside Nebraska, nebraska.rivals.com. And we will catch you guys next time.